Hallelujah. I'm so glad that the God of heaven who I did not know knew me and loved me and cared enough about me to show me, to give me a revelation of who he is and who he was. Appreciate that great Bible lesson this morning. If you'd open up your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter number 8. I am preaching from my brand new Bible, so you're all in trouble because when I purchased this Bible, I read the dimensions, and I thought, oh, yeah, that'll be the right size. I've never owned a Bible this big. <laughs> thing's massive. I almost need two hands to lift it up today. So I'm not sure what that's going to do for my preaching this morning, but I got a feeling it's going to, it's going to make some difference. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 8, verse 1 says, And Saul was consenting unto his death, talking about Stephen, the disciple, or the, the deacon. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout all the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, inhaling men and women, committed them to prison. Flip over one page, chapter 9, verse 1 says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why don't we raise our hands one more time, and why don't we ask God to anoint the remainder of the service. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God, for your touch. We know your word's anointed, God. I pray you will touch us. Help us, Lord, to let your spirit move on us. Help us to be receptive vessels, God, to receive what you have for us, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. You may be seated. Saul was a great persecutor of the church. He was a wicked, wicked man. He was. He was a great tormentor of the church. He did everything he could to try and destroy the church, to end it right at its infancy. He saw that this thing was gaining traction. He saw that things were beginning to happen. They were making converts, that this was a risk to the religious status quo that he was part of. And he was very sincere in his beliefs 
but he was wrong and he was determined to make sure that everybody continued the way things had always been. If there's one person who was trying to destroy the church at its foundation more, I don't know of that person. That person is got to be this man that we read about here in Acts 8 and Acts 9, who was known as Saul. He was a very deeply religious individual. He was very, very deeply religious, and he believed in what he believed. He was very sincere. He believed he was doing the right thing. He believed that the stoning of Stephen was the right thing. He believed that the persecution of the Christians was the right thing. He was very, very sincere. But being sincere doesn't change the fact that you're wrong. It doesn't matter how sincere you are. You have to be right. It doesn't matter how sincere you are. You have to believe in the God of the Bible. Our Bible lesson was so very good this morning. It doesn't matter how sincere you are. If you believe in the wrong God, you're still lost. You still are lost. They say that there are, uh, uh, of the all the many religions that span the world, they say there are almost 3,000 different beings that people worship as a deity, a 3,000. You know what? I deny 2,999 of them. There is one God. Hallelujah. There is one God and Jesus is his name. <laughs> the same was in the beginning. <laughs> Hallelujah. For in him we live and move and have our being. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how sincere you are that you believe in three gods. It doesn't matter how sincere you are that you believe in 10 or 12 or 14. It doesn't matter how many gods you might think there are if you don't believe that God, hallelujah, is the Jesus of this Bible. It doesn't matter how sincere you are. Saul was sincere. He was very, very sincere. Man, God bless you. He was very, very sincere. And Saul went to the synagogue constantly. There was no lack of devotion in his life. There was no lack of piety in his life. Being pious or being devoted is no indication of rightness or wrongness. This Bible is the indication of rightness or wrongness. Saul went to the synagogue constantly. He did this regularly, but in spite of going to the synagogue regularly, he never had the experience experience that you need. You might have been to church before. You might have been to this church before. You might attend church here or somewhere else regularly, but except you have the experience that you need to have with Jesus Christ, you're never going to have the experience with the Bible that you need to have, and you're never going to understand and know who the God is that we're talking about in this great book. He is the great 
great I am. And you need to have an experience with him that changes you. You don't need to just know about him in an intellectual capacity, but you need to have an experience with the God of heaven who changes you. If that experience that you have had with what you think is God has never changed you, I question that you are worshiping the God that you need to worship. If the experience that you had got you up and let you go back to the life that you were living previously, that's not the experience that you need. The experience you need is the one that will take you from where you are and lead you to where you need to be. It'll take you to a different destination than you ever imagined possible. He was on his way to murder Christians. He was on his way to find these Christians and he was going to imprison them. And he went to the chief priest in the synagogue and he said, you know what? Give me permission to go and find these heretics. Give me the opportunity to go all the way up to Damascus. We've done a pretty good job down here in Jerusalem. Most of them have scattered and they're hiding now. But I hear some of them have settled up in Damascus. Let me go on up to Damascus and give me letters and give me license and permission to go and to bring them bound down here so we can judge them like we've judged the rest of these heretics. Let me imprison them. These weren't empty threats that he was making. These were things that he had done in the past. Paul meant business. He had done this before and he was going to do it again. He was complicit in Deacon Stephen's death at Jerusalem and he was looking to spread that chaos and that havoc all the way 150 miles north to Damascus where he had heard that these Christians were now beginning to get a foothold up there. When you have an experience what God has for you, it doesn't matter whether you're in Jerusalem or whether you go to Damascus, chaos and havoc are going to follow your entire life. You want to experience God. You don't need a change of location. You need a change of experience and you need a change of heart. Hallelujah. You need a change of heart. Hallelujah. When you have an experience what God wants you to experience, your heart doesn't change. Your mind doesn't change. What happens is, is you just bring your chaos and you just bring your havoc everywhere else you go. Too many people miss out on the experience that they can have with God because they think, you know what, if I just move to another town, everything will be all right. If I just move to another location, everything's going to be fine. Now, God's given you an apostolic church right here in Madera, California, and you don't need to move to Fresno. You don't need to move to Los Angeles. You don't need to move to Washington. You don't need to go anywhere else. Thank God you have a good church that you can go to. A change of location isn't going to change anything. If you're a drug addict in Madera, California, you'll be a drug addict in Dallas, Texas. It doesn't make a difference what location that you're in. What you need is a change of heart. If you're addicted to pornography here, you'll be addicted to pornography over there. You need an experience somewhere along the way. You need an experience. Bringing your chaos to another town isn't going to fix anything. Going to another location, thinking you can fix something by going to a different church isn't going to make any difference at all. What you need is the experience of the Bible. 
<laughs> oh, Saul, he had a change of heart uh, on that road to Damascus. Uh, there he was on his way to do some of the most wicked things imaginable. But on that road to Damascus, uh, that one called Saul, he came in contact uh, with the Jesus uh, of uh, the Bible. He came in contact with that one true God. He was knocked to the ground. He was blinded. He was laid out bare. He was confused and he was wondering what in the world was happening. This man called Saul had an encounter with Jesus Christ for the very first time in his life and something supernatural began to happen. Saul had the change of heart that he needed and when his traveling companions helped him back up, he continued on his way to Jerusalem or to Damascus. Knocked down and blinded, he continued his way towards Damascus. He was going to the same destination before he was blinded. He kept going to Damascus after he was blinded. He took the same road, he went to the same city, and he went looking for the same people that he had started out that journey looking for. But this time Saul had had a change of heart. And the destination, while it might have been the same, had a different purpose in it now. Everything was different. What was the difference? The difference was Saul had had an encounter. He had had a call from God on the road to Damascus. Saul was a different man now. Why? Because the call of God came. The call of God spoke to him. A voice from heaven came. Conviction gripped his heart. Something began to happen in his life. Hallelujah. And everything began to change because of the road to Damascus call. Nothing was the same anymore. Saul was a different man. He was a very different man. There were a lot of folks that were skeptical of him. Even Ananias, who was seemed to be in charge up there in the little church in Damascus, even he was very, very skeptical. We read in Acts 9, it says, and there were certain disciples at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, he said, behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, arise, go into the street, which is called straight, and in Inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Hmm. And Ananias said, um, are you sure? See, he was skeptical. He was very, very skeptical. Hey, Lord, you know what? this one called Saul's done. Uh, he answered the Lord, I have heard many things of, of this man, how much evil he had done to the saints in Jerusalem. How he hath authority to come here from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. And the Lord said, go thy way. Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. See, everything changes when you have the call of God on the Damascus road. When the God of heaven begins to speak to you and you begin to have that call, Ananias might have had his doubts. Somebody might look at you and they might have their doubts about you and your life. But you know what? When the call of God comes, you're going to be a different guy. 
Yeah, hallelujah. He wasn't the same individual anymore. He was a different person because of the call of God on the road to Damascus. Every single man, woman, and child who lives on earth today has a call of God. Oh, that call is universal. They asked Peter, what must we do to be saved? And he said, you need to repent. You need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is a universal call. Everybody has this calling. I'm not calling somebody like Paul was called into the ministry, but each and every man and woman has a call to repentance. They have a call to become part of the church of Jesus Christ. They have a call to turn around and to go in a different direction. They have a call of God on their life. If you're here and you're hearing the sound of my voice today, there is a call on the road to Damascus and you might be heading there thinking there's one thing on your mind, but God has another destination, another plan for your life. God has another plan for your existence. You might think this is the way I'm supposed to live or I'm going to live, but there's a God who's trying to knock you to the ground and blind you so that you begin to reach out for him. He's beginning to look at you and say, hey, this is the moment where he came. Hallelujah. Faith tabernacle for the very first time. This is a moment where we can begin to talk to him, where the Holy, my spirit can touch him. There's a God who wants to talk to you today and there's a call. There's a Damascus call for somebody this morning. Just go ahead and raise your hand toward heaven for a moment. Jesus, we need your help today. Hallelujah. See, it doesn't matter if anybody thinks it's possible or not. God knows what's possible. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. It doesn't matter what they think about your past. It doesn't matter what they think about your history. It doesn't matter how skeptical anybody might be. It doesn't matter how skeptical I might be. It matters that God sees what you can be. It matters that God sees what you are capable of. It matters that God sees you as a son of God as a daughter of God. It matters what God sees, not what a man sees, not what your neighbor sees, not what your family sees, not what your mom sees, not what your dad sees. What matters is what does God see? Hallelujah, what happened? Hallelujah, what caused this change in Saul? It was a call on the road to Damascus. Hallelujah, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Hallelujah, hath appeared to all men, everybody, doesn't matter who you are, to all men. This call of God is come, is to come to the only saving message that you will ever hear. You don't need to join a church. You don't need a membership card. You don't need to read books. What you need is an experience with Jesus Christ. Oh, once you're in the church, we want you to read this Bible. We want you to study to show yourself approved. But before any of that ever happens, you have to have an experience with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And it is the only saving message that you're ever going to hear. It doesn't matter how many times you go to confession. It doesn't matter if you ask Jesus into your heart. None of those things matter until you have the experience that you need to have until you're full of the baptism of the Holy Ghost 
and you're baptized in Jesus' name, having repented of all your sin. That means you've turned around and you've walked away from your sin. That means you just keep going on doing it. It means you stop doing it and you start doing the opposite of those things. You go in the opposite direction because this is the only saving message you're ever going to hear in your life. You'll never hear another message that will save you. Oh, you might hear many other messages. There might be many other ideas, but only one of those ideas comes from this book right here. There's only one way to be saved. Hallelujah. But though we or an angel of heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. There is only one message of heaven, my friend. Hallelujah. There is only one message of salvation. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. There is one call. It's a universal call. It's a global call. But we find all through the Bible, it's not just a universal call. It's an individual call. He calls individuals just like you and just like me. All through the Bible, we find God calling men and women from the world that they are in, from the life that they are living, to something that is so much better and something that is so much more beautiful. In the book of Genesis, we read about a man by the name of Abraham. <laughs> Abraham was called by God. <laughs> he was called to get up and out of the land that he was in to leave his father's house. <laughs> he was called to leave his past behind. <laughs> he had to find a new home, <laughs> and he had to search for a new city, <laughs> a better city. Hebrew says, for he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker was God. <laughs> God's calling you this morning, my friend. I'm glad you came to church. Hallelujah. I'm glad that you're here. And he has called you to begin to look for a city which hath foundation whose builder and maker is God. He's looking for you to find your way into that heavenly kingdom. Hallelujah. He's looking for you to make your way into the church and to obey that only saving gospel. We're so glad that you're here. Hallelujah. But God wants you more than here. He doesn't want you struck blind and lying on the road to Damascus only to die there. He wants you to get up and he wants to go you to go and to find your way to an altar so that you can repent and you can experience this new birth experience that I'm talking about. In the book of Exodus, we read about a man by the name of Moses who had a burning bush experience. He had a moment when he had to come face to face with all of his failures, all of his mistakes. He had to have the courage to stand up and start again. 40 years previously he had slain an Egyptian and then run and ran and hid because he had failed he had not lived up to the expectations of those around him and what he thought was the expectations of God and he went and he ran and he hid you might have failed God but let me tell you something God's still calling you God's still reaching for you God's still pulling on your heartstrings you might have made a mistake but God has got a bush 
that's lit on fire and he wants you to look up and say, you know what? I have another opportunity to go back and do what God called me to do. I have another opportunity to stand up and say, you know what? The final chapter of my life has not been written. This story is not finished. This thing has not been completed in my life. There's going to be a second chance. I'm going back. I'm going back and I'm going to do what God called me to do. Oh, if you fell down, get back up. Hallelujah. If you let the devil get you down, hallelujah, he's trying to give you, the Lord is trying to give you another chance. You might have failed, but you get to do it over again. Because God called even those who've made a mistake. Bless you. There's a man in the Bible that we read about in the book of Judges. His name is Jephthah. In the book of Judges, we read about this man, and he's referred to as a mighty man of valor. But Jephthah didn't start out that way. Jephthah was the illegitimate son of a woman who worked on the streets. He was hated by the community. He was mocked by those around him. He was humiliated by the vocation of his mother and the life that he had begun and he had been born in. He was someone who the community had utterly discarded. He was rejected even by his own father's house. But the call of God came to Jephthah. And that call said, Jephthah, you have to overcome the circumstances of your life because I have a very special calling for you. I have a very special moment that's coming up in your life. I have something very supernatural that's going to happen. You're going to have to get past your past. You're going to have to get past the circumstances. You, Jephthah, do not let the circumstances of your life dictate and determine the future that you have there is a calling there is a calling for you today don't let your broken home define your future marriage don't let the abuse that you have suffered at the hand of somebody who should be protecting you affect your today hallelujah do not let it determine the outcome of your life hallelujah no matter how many strikes there might be against you I'm telling you that there is a call of God for you today, Jephthah. You think, oh, I can't be what they want me to be. I can't live the way they want me to live. I can't be what they I think I might be possible. I can never make that happen. It's not possible in my life. Let me tell you about Jephthah. Let me tell you about a man who had every strike in the world against him. He might have started out on the wrong side of town. He might have started out very, very, very rough. He might have started out at the very, very worst possible beginning. Hallelujah. Don't reject the call of God just because things haven't started the way you wanted them to start, but recognize that there's a Jephthah, hallelujah, sitting on these pews and you might be him. It might be you, sister. You might think it's not possible if you just knew what happened to me, preacher. I'm telling you, I don't need to know. All I know is God's called you. All I know is God's reaching 
done for you. Oh, I know that God is trying to grab a hold of your heart. Oh, you can be what God called you to be. Jephthah might have started out wrong, but he became a mighty man of valor. He won a great battle. He defeated the armies of the enemy, and he was a judge who ruled a nation until the day he died. That's the call of God for somebody. Jesus called a man in the book of Mark. He was young. He was rich. And he had influence. He had it all. He had everything. He was a prominent man. In spite of his youth, he had attained some degree of stature in the community, and he had everything. And he had a call from God. He had a moment on the road to Damascus, but his roads, his priorities were wrong. He loved this life. He loved the world. He loved his influence. He loved his place and his position in it. Just a little too much to really begin to serve the Lord. You've got to have your priorities right. Living for God isn't just something that's on a list that you check off. It has to be everything that makes up your whole life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. There's nothing more important in your life right now than the call of God. There has to be nothing more important in your life than the God who's trying to change you for the better. Your family isn't more important. Your job isn't more important. Your house, your car, none of those things are more important. The only thing that has value in your life will be the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. When you respond to the call of God, all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus called his disciples one by one. Put down your nets, Andrew. You're not a fisherman anymore. James, you're done with that lifestyle. Peter, I've got big plans for you, sir. Come and follow me. There's a call of God for somebody. Maybe you're not going to be a, 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 an apostle, but maybe you're going to be a Sunday school teacher. Maybe you're going to be a prayer warrior. But one thing for sure, if you listen to the call of God if you hear that call on the road to Damascus you're going to discover a life that you never dreamed was even possible each one of those men, men had a call each one of them except for one obeyed that call Abraham and Moses and Jephthah heard and responded to the call of God Saul had a choice when God called him and he chose wisely he experienced the greatest life that he could ever have experienced and ever could have hoped for. God changed him. He changed his life permanently. Hallelujah. First he changed his name to Paul. He preached to kings and he traveled the world. He even raised a dead man. All because on the road to Damascus, the call of God came and he heard and responded to that call. He could have died an obscure blind man 
unknown because he didn't respond to that call. But God, hallelujah, called him and he responded and something supernatural happened. Hallelujah. Are you ready to answer the call of Jesus Christ in your life? Are you ready? Hallelujah. Jesus is the answer that you need today. You might have lived a life. You might have been sincere. You might be devout. But none of those things matter until you answer the call of Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. He's calling you from darkness and he's calling you into light. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Hallelujah. Peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So if you all would stand with me, if you'd come to the music. You are somewhere on that road to Damascus. Just go ahead and church, raise your hands for a moment. Close your eyes and don't be afraid. Just to start to talk to the Lord because he's trying to talk to you. So don't be shy. This is the call that you didn't know was coming. This is a call that you didn't expect to hear. Go ahead. Just go ahead and talk to the Lord for a moment. Somewhere on your road of life, uh, you're on the road to Damascus and you have a preconceived notion about what is yet to come, but God has uh, another way that he's going to work in your life. Uh, hallelujah. We need to work on something right now, church. I need you to touch heaven. Go ahead. We need you to touch heaven right now. In the name of Jesus. Rebuke every spirit that wants to hinder the move of God right now. Holy Ghost is about to help somebody very profoundly. Don't worry, sir. That blindness is not permanent. The feeling that you're feeling right now isn't permanent. This is conviction that you're feeling right now. This is conviction. The remorse that you feel in your heart right now, this is conviction. You want this feeling because it's going to lead you somewhere you never thought you could go. It's going to take you to a, a different Damascus than you ever imagined were possible. There's a God who's trying to reach for you today. Don't be shy. Go ahead. Now I want you to open your mouth. I want you to begin to talk to him. Jesus, <laughs> my Lord and my God who are you lying there on that dusty road to Damascus blind said, oh Lord who art thou Lord and that call came I am Jesus 
I'm sending you off to Ananias, Ananias's house. He's going to pray for you. He's going to heal. Hallelujah. We're going to heal those eyes. You're going to see the way I intended for you to see. You're going to live the way I called you to live. Oh, I got a whole lot of things that are coming down the road. Paul had no idea what his life was going to be like. All he knew was he had a call on the road to Damascus and God was reaching for him. And God is reaching for you today in this church service. You're not here by accident. You're not here by happenstance. But you're here because this is the day when the call of God on the road to Damascus of your life is going to happen. That the Holy Ghost is going to speak to you. That life is going to change. That supernatural things are yet to happen. Go ahead. Talk to him. Go ahead. Talk to him right where you're at. In a moment or two, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do a little bit more than that. But right now, I just want you to talk to him. I want you to speak his name. Jesus, help my brother right now. In the name of Jesus, you see him. Hallelujah. If there is anything in your life right now, hallelujah, that's trying to hinder you from making a move towards God, why don't you right now, before God, why don't you say, Lord, I'm done with that. Hallelujah. I'm done with that liquor. I'm done with the marijuana. I'm done with the pornography. I'm done with the casinos. I'm done with my lying and my cheating. I'm done with it, God. I'm done with the women. I'm done with running around with strange men. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Hallelujah. Go ahead and raise your hand, sir. Hallelujah. Go ahead and speak it out loud. The Holy Ghost is trying to help you if you can. Hallelujah. You might feel like you're blind in your spirit right now. But there's someone right beside you, and he's going to help you, and he's going to show you the way. Hallelujah. He's going to lead you up here to this altar, and he's going to help you find your way to Damascus. And Ananias is going to lay his hand on your head, and strength is going to come to your body, and healing's going to come to your eyes, and the supernatural's going to happen. That's it, sir. Do not be afraid. Raise those hands up and understand this is the call of God for you today. This is a moment when everything changes. Raise those hands up high. Help this man pray right now, brethren. Gather around him. The Holy Ghost is trying to reach for him.